0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with some local farmers and find out how seeding is coming along. Also, Cereals Canada president Cam Dahl will join us on today's Prairie Eggwire. Up first in today's country comment... We'll get an update on this year's alfalfa crop. John McGregor with Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association will join us in just a few minutes. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association has released its first green-gold reports of the season, giving an update on this year's alfalfa crop. I got the details from Extension support person John McGregor.
1: Right now, the, the alfalfa crop uh, across the province is, is looking uh, looking fairly good uh, in the uh, west and uh, the uh, central areas of the province. Uh, it's uh, moving along uh, very quickly. As we uh, move into the um, eastern portion of the province, it's a little bit slower. And that portion of the province uh, does seem to have had uh, a little bit more winter kill than the rest of the province.
0: In terms of height, uh, what are we seeing? Well, right
1: now, uh, uh, you know, out, out towards the west area, we're seeing the the crop in that um, 16 to 20-inch uh, uh, height um, um, as of uh, Monday morning. Um, as we, Again, as we move eastward, uh, the crop there is a little bit shorter, and it's running in around the... Uh, the 14- to 18-inch uh, height.
0: I noticed in the report it usually gives a number for, uh, for relative uh, feed value. Well, what
1: we're seeing is, is typical of the, the relative feed values that we start seeing um, at this stage of the crop. Uh, you know, we're running in that uh, um, 50 uh, range, uh, um, up or down um, 25 points. And um, you know, so it's fairly typical for uh, this time of year.
0: Any um, concerns with uh, frost uh, so far here this spring?
1: Well, what we, what we saw with the frost is that um, it, uh, it varied uh, considerably across the province. Uh, you know, the western half of the province uh, had a few areas that uh, got into that uh, uh, minus uh, two range and uh, for a short period of time. So there were a few fields where we saw just a little bit of uh, uh, damage on alfalfa, but generally the western and the central has uh, kind of escaped most of the damage. As we moved towards the east, uh, the southeast portion of, of the province, uh, it saw temperatures get into that minus three range, and although that's not overly critical, what was critical is that it stayed around for uh, close to five hours, and uh, therefore we... We saw variation from almost no damage to some extensive damage uh, in, that, in the east, east, east area of the province.
0: When talking about uh, heyday, is there a guess on when that'll be? Right now, Corey, we're still uh,
1: trying to gather some information as far as uh, how the crop is, is coming along. Um, again, you know, uh, as, as we get closer to that 170 relative feed value, it'll give us a better idea as to uh, when we might be looking at the optimum time to be cutting for dairy-quality feed.
0: With some of the heat here this week, uh, do, you, do you expect things will, will uh, really move along? Yes, with alfalfa,
1: it, it loves heat, so uh, we, we're expecting that you know, we're going to see uh, probably between our our Monday morning uh, testing and and maybe Wednesday or Thursday of this coming week, you know we could see the alfalfa jumping an inch a day. Uh, I think what we're the most critical thing we have right now for some areas is that uh, moisture is probably uh, needed uh, more than heat is. You know, any producers that uh, want to continue to get their green gold report or to get the green gold report. Uh, you know, they can just contact me at uh, john at mfga.net and we can put them on our mailing list.
0: That was John McGregor with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association giving us an update on this year's alfalfa crop. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson says the province has signed on to the Agra Recovery Program announced last month by the federal government. This is the Beef Set-Aside program that Alberta and Saskatchewan have already signed up for. Peterson says Manitoba producers are eligible for the 60% federal contribution. I am currently
1: working right now with the federal government on an ability for the province to come up with the money for the provincial share of this. And so we expect uh, some decisions from the federal government very soon.
0: Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association will be receiving funding from the province's conservation trust for three projects. MFGA executive director Duncan Morrison talked about one of the projects.
2: We're really excited about the soil health. It's a cover crop uh, uh, project that we're delivering with three of the watersheds in western Manitoba: Central Assiniboine, Assiniboine West, and Souris River. They're handling the producer recruitment, and I believe it's fully prescribed. So yeah, it just represents many potential con- conservation benefits. Uh, particularly around the soil health. And, and especially in this situation, the project's very keen on keeping living roots in the ground for many as many days of sunlight as possible.
0: In total, MFGA will be receiving about $230,000 from the Conservation Trust for the three projects. And Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation is notifying clients of a privacy breach of personal data that occurred on May 26th. An attachment containing the name and contact information of EGRA insurance clients was attached in error to an email sent to 134 producers in the province. The information that was sent did not include client social insurance numbers or financial information. Producers affected by the breach will be contacted directly by mask. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. <laughs> Good afternoon, and welcome to the Prairie AgWire for Tuesday, June second. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Cereals Canada President Cam Dahl. Today, we're joined by Cereals Canada President Cam Dahl. We're seeing people,
3: you know, kind of, kind of come back to science, and, and, uh, you know, in. <laughs> institutional knowledge and research people that have uh have uh spent uh years and years uh gaining knowledge uh and uh and uh understanding through research are, are suddenly back in style again um and we see that in our you know uh medical officers of health who uh has, who said the uh, uh three months ago or four months ago most people probably didn't know that we had a chief medical health officer um uh, and and now we're kind of hanging on to their every word. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing that we're we're looking to to those that have that knowledge, um, and that have the understanding and and are backed up by research to to, to make our decisions. Uh, that hasn't always been the case, or often the case, when it comes to uh, the choices that that we make about food or or what we think uh, agriculture should become. So I'm I'm hopeful that some of that trust in science is is going to translate uh out of out of the uh, the pandemic to to become you know more more widespread and and uh, uh, trust in, in research is, is going to grow again um, generally and, and not just around the pandemic
0: and how could this um benefit the agriculture sector
3: well it's really important i, I mentioned research and then we we have one example of of that is is bread um, you know, before uh, before we we all got into social distancing and stopped going to restaurants, bread was you know under attack. Our gluten was under attack. We had the wheat belly. We had uh, um, you know gluten free diets, and and now people have fallen in love with bread again. And, and flour isn't on the shelf, and and that's not a bad thing because you know people are again basing their decisions on on what nutritionists have to say and, instead of what uh, what might be the latest trend on the internet i just hope that that when when we go back to something that's a little bit closer to normal uh, we can uh, we can continue on with that trend and and not just not just base our our decisions and our opinions on on the latest trend on the internet but actually look to research and 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 look to uh, to scientific authority and and uh, and trust those a little bit again, um, as opposed to, you know, the whatever the latest celebrity happens to be pushing to uh, to to make money off of their latest cookbook.
0: Cam, what uh, what has this pandemic done uh, for people's appreciation of the supply chain and and food production?
3: That's a really good question. I I think uh you know where there when we started out there was some inconvenience of course we we did see uh shelves that, that didn't have bags of flour on them um we we did see shelves that or maybe meat counters that uh, weren't as full as we were used to but that didn't last um and uh, Canadians have never been under threat of of being short of food and and that points to a significant resilience in our supply chain um, in uh, agriculture and agri food, um, our ability to uh to deliver to to consumers is is very strong and very resilient. And that's because of technology and science and research. Um starting uh starting with the seeds that the that farmers put in the ground, uh right through to uh the technology in our elevator and our flour mills and um and uh the, the people that uh bake our bread. So it's a, it really is a, a significant indication about the resilience of, of, the, of, of our supply chain and our ability to, to give nutritious, healthy food to, uh, to Canadians.
0: That was Cereals Canada President Cam Dahl. Alberta's results-driven agriculture research has now moved into the startup phase as it develops a new model for farmer-led research investment, paving the way for the establishment of a new vision for agriculture research in the province. Lee Allen-Vosser chatted with the interim board chair, Dr. David Chalik. Dr. Chalik, tell us a little bit uh, about the goal here to develop a new vision for agriculture research in Alberta.
4: Well, it's a very exciting uh, development for agriculture in Alberta, uh, for both the crop sector and the livestock sector. Uh, The funding is uh, outstanding that's being provided uh, by the government. Um, You see it's $37 million a year, and that will provide sustainable long-term funding so that the uh, primary producers and agriculture in general can then identify opportunities and needs within their sectors uh, to drive discovery research as well as applied research leading to uh, stronger industry over time. We have... Uh, Uh, a great board of directors that's being appointed. And as I said in the introduction, I'm pleased to have been identified as the interim chair by Minister Dreesen. And uh, this first phase obviously is in the set up and transition uh, for uh, the entity. And that requires a lot of work and uh, thoughtful uh, process development.
0: Do you have a key message that you would like to leave with farmers and and ranchers, producers out there? Well,
4: in a time when we need good news, I think uh, the province of Alberta has really delivered and shown the importance of agriculture. And, you know, these funds uh, are significant on their own, but they can be leveraged by Uh, Research funds from the federal government, from other provinces, from checkoffs within industry. So, this is a significant amount of dollars. And of course, it will be important to the entire uh, supply chain, uh, not only just the producers. So, uh, it's very encouraging. It's uh, a bold move. It puts Alberta in the lead. And uh, I don't know if there's any other province that has committed that much funding uh, for agriculture.
0: That's Dr. David Chalik, the Interim Board Chair for Alberta's results-driven agriculture research. For Golden West, I'm Lee allen Bossler. Thanks, Lee. That's it for the Prairie Egg Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, farmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen-Vosler, I'm Corey Knut. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Ag Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. Manitoba Beef Producers is hosting a webinar tonight starting at 730 The webinar will feature information and tips on how to approach Western livestock price insurance calf policies and how to evaluate pricing given COVID-19 uncertainty. Keystone Agricultural Producers is partnering with the province to host a webinar entitled Cultivating Your Way to Burnout. The webinar will focus on fatigue awareness and management for farmers. The webinar takes place June 9th starting at noon. Manitoba Egg Museum near Austin has reopened its doors to the general public with reduced hours and new safety measures. You can follow them on social media for more information. And the official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. It's endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, we'll check in with a couple of farmers and find out how seeding is coming along. Starting with Larry Newman, who farms in the Emerson area.
5: I think everybody's wrapping up. We should finish uh, today. Uh, we had, you know, we always have issues with flood water and and uh, ground, you know, ground being under river water. But that's that's coming along. But we should wrap up today. And uh, moisture is the top is very dusty, even, and then you know a few inches down, it gets uh, it gets pretty uh, it's pretty mucky yet. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we're uh, we're coming along and should should wrap it up.
0: What are the crops that you're uh, just finishing up with here? Uh,
5: this year we're just finishing with canola
0: now. Do you grow soybeans at all, or yes, yeah, yep. th- those are all in the ground then as well, or uh, yeah, yeah, just
5: just barely.
0: Right. <laughs> um, I guess as far as moisture, you mentioned there, you know, is, is there enough moisture? or Would you like to see a little bit more?
4: Uh, well,
5: it would sure be nice to see. Uh, a rain just to uh, soak up the top a little bit there, and uh, everything will be off to a to a real good start. Then
0: the crops that are um, coming up, you know, how are they looking? Uh, they're looking
5: they're looking pretty good so far. At it, it, uh, you know being so so wet and sticky underneath, there's uh, it's pretty lumpy in some of the wheel tracks. Would 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 be nice to see a little shower to uh, you know to get that all to even out. But
0: everything's looking uh, looking
5: looking pretty good so far
0: was there any issues with uh with frost over the weekend Uh,
5: it it did freeze here uh but i didn't have any susceptible crops out of the ground yet like my canola was still in in uh well at that point still in the bag and uh and uh, beans aren't up yet
0: that was larry newman a farmer in the emerson area now let's head over to the Glenboro area, where Golden West reporter Barry Lamb spoke with Kale Jeffries.
6: Season's been uh, pretty good. It's uh, we started off wet, and uh, for the most part, um, it really depends on the land that we uh, we have. If it's a heavier piece, um, you know it's tough to get across, and uh, you know lighter piece, uh, it's really ideal right now. So. Uh yeah, most part uh our farm is in um and now we're just kinda uh helping guys get their seed and uh and helping them get what they need to finish finish up. But I would say our area is about seventy seventy five percent complete.
0: Is that about on par for timing with other years?
6: Um I would say this year is a little bit later. Um you know, guys will say about seven to ten days later um and that was just cuz it was so wet to start right Very like it was so wet and just guys couldn't get on the field um and in in saying that some guys had some harvest to do so um you know they in between seeding and getting the fields ready they they had to harvest too so yeah the uh, mother nature wasn't too kind with uh, the fall we had uh so that that put us behind uh, in the spring
0: and with June upon us, uh, much emergence going on, and uh, how about weeds? What's happening?
6: Yeah, um, everything's emerging good. Uh, you know, they have moisture, so everything's coming up pretty good. Now, we are scouting now for flea beetles, cutworms, uh, that sort of thing, and canola and soybeans uh, and corn.
0: That was Glenboro area farmer Cale Jeffries speaking with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association has been selected to receive funding through the province's conservation trust. MFGA Executive Director Duncan Morrison talked about one of the projects.
2: We're working very closely with Brooks White at Borderland Agriculture. It's kind of a smaller project to scale, but at the same point, it's on uh, Brooks's private land. He's really keen on be acting, uh, having the project act as a natural buffer between annual crops and uh, his uh, riparian zones. Definitely, it falls into the wildlife and watershed because uh, with the grass, I mean, it's, it can work towards uh, carbon drawdown, but it's also um, going to be seeded to perennial forage for wildlife, livestock,
0: and pollinators. In total, MFGA will be receiving about $230,000 from the Conservation Trust for the three projects. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson says the province will participate in the Agri Recovery Program announced last month. He provided further details.
1: We have signed on with the federal government uh, on the Agri Recovery. This is a beef set aside that Alberta and Saskatchewan have already signed up. We have Uh, agreed to do that the federal government then uh, so producers manitoba producers are eligible for the 60 percent federal uh, uh, contribution
0: peterson says he's working with the federal government on the ability for manitoba to come up with the money for the provincial share a decision is expected soon and the province has released the boreal wetlands conservation codes of practice which fulfills a commitment in the made in manitoba climate and green plan Egg Minister Blaine Peterson says the codes of practice provide certainty for resource developers by providing guidance about where and how to operate within and around boreal wetlands on crown lands. Manitoba's boreal region contains 22 million hectares of wetlands. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email the desk at goldenwestradio.com today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the markets farm program thanks for listening and have a great afternoon hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon